All right, folks, you know what that sound means. It is just past four o'clock, and you are tuned into Everything Under the Sun, the Sopra Sun's weekly radio program, right here on KDK, the best radio station this side of the Mississippi. Uh, today, I am accompanied, this is your host, James Steinler, and I'm accompanied by the stellar one and only reporter, John Stroud. How are you, John? I'm doing just fine. Fantastic. And folks, uh, we're going to see if we have Mr. Dan Blankenship on the line. Dan has uh, faithfully served as the uh, CEO of RAFTA for the last 35 years, going on 35 years, and is our cover story for this week. We gave John 1,300 words for it, which is above our normal word count. Let's see if we have uh, Dan on the line. Are you there, Dan? I am here. I am here, Gene. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you for your interest. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. And like I said, uh, John, um, got the chance to speak with you for this article that we do did start out on the front page of this week's Sopris Sun. So for our listeners, if you haven't already grabbed a copy, uh, head on down to a near yellow newspaper bin nearest you. Or you can check us out online at soprasun.com. Um, and like, I, uh, so Dan, have you had the chance to pick up a copy of this week's Oprah Sun yet? <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, yes I uh, read it from cover to cover, uh, you know, last night online. <laughs> uh, because you told me that the article was uh, going to be online before it came out in, in print. So I... Uh, to check it out and thanks very much for all the kind words and oh yeah you 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 probably had no idea you were going to be uh, our cover model for the week uh, <laughs> when i interviewed you <laughs> <laughs> we yeah no, i didn't i i uh i might have uh, worn different clothing if i knew i was going to be on the front page like that you know <laughs> well got a haircut or something we figured uh, the the words that John put down um, and your 35 years of service, uh, whether uh, you know, was well worth the coverage and uh, worth putting on the front page. Um, and I th- I think you look really great in the photo. <laughs> well, thanks. Absolutely. I-, I love the ending of the story, John. You did a great job with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you know I always look for that endpoint in a story like that, especially a little bit longer story, and that just it, was, it just uh, sort of happened that way. I was like, oh, perfect. I'll just end it like that. It did. He come, made it <laughs> come together quite nicely. Um, after thirty-five years, he made it. Looks like he made it. Uh, and like yeah. you said, uh, Dan, it really is almost cover to cover your story because it goes from. The cover to six, all the way to page nineteen um, in this twenty-four page paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, you know, as a longtime editor myself, you That's know, right. we always tried to avoid those double jumps, and uh, uh, it, it's hard to do, especially in the weekly format when you got a lot of content and uh, you know smaller news holes. Um, yeah, it, it's it's hard to accomplish that, <laughs> but uh, you did you did well. I like the layout. Uh, did Hattie do that one this week? She yeah. did. Uh-huh. Yeah, Hattie yeah. did this one this week. Uh, shout out to Hattie Rinsberry, uh, the Super Sons um, layout designer. Yeah, and I, sorry, go ahead, John. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I started out the interview with Dan uh, just pointing out that our, our careers have kind of paralleled each other uh, in in, uh, in the Roaring Fork Valley here uh, about the same amount of time as he was uh, 
um, uh, manager and then CEO of RAFTA is about the same amount of time that I've been a journalist here in the Roaring Fork Valley. And in fact, I vividly remember, and I, I asked you, Dan, in the interview who your predecessor was, because I vividly remember talking to him. One of my very first interviews at the old Glenwood Post uh, in probably 1988 uh, about their plans to expand services to Carbondale and Glenwood Springs eventually. And uh, um, so, you know, that th- those things just kind of stick out in my mind back in those early days when I first started reporting. And uh, I was literally just thinking the same thing. Because <laughs> for our listeners, uh, for anyone who's not familiar with uh, John Strad's byline, which there's not many in this valley, I don't think. Uh, you started at the Valley Journal uh, here in the I, valley. I actually started at, at what was the uh, Glenwood Post before it became the Post Independent. Um, I was there for about eight years, I think, and then I went to the Valley Journal, which it was still in those days when it was independently owned, and uh, it was uh, you know it was kind of a fun throwback to the old newspaper days with the light tables and uh, uh, exacto yeah. knives and uh, the, wa- the wax machines and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I've and, heard the stories. Yeah, yeah, and uh, um, yeah, I won't tell you about some of the late night activities, but. Uh, <laughs> I've heard some of those. Too. Heard some of those stories too, probably. But uh, yeah, it was uh, um, you know it, it it was only for a couple of years before uh, the Valley Journal ended up getting bought out by uh, the, the same owner of the that had bought out the Glenwood Post, uh, which was kind of one of the reasons I left. And I always okay. joked that. You know, the, the the corporate owners just kept following me around. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd have to ditch them. <laughs> I'd have to ditch them. <laughs> um, so I guess well, this it, is... It sounds, it sounds like uh, that the Soper Sun maybe ought to do a cover story on you too, John. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I think they'll be well warranted. Um, this is a question, I guess, for both of you then. Um uh, have you had the chance, John, to interview Dan? And Dan, do you recall any, any interviews with John in the past? Let's start with John. Oh, well, <laughs> or I, Dan, I, go for uh, it. I may, I may not remember the specifics, but yes, uh, you know, John has interviewed me um, quite a few times over the years, and uh, always, always fair and balanced, you know, uh, which. Uh, it's not always the case, but generally speaking, I think that the media coverage here in the Valley has uh, been been fair, and, you know, RAFTA has done some great things, and there have been a few times over the years where uh, some of the things that were happening were not uh, uh, desirable, but I think we always got fair treatment, and I know that I've always gotten fair treatment from John, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I think between myself and Scott Condon, it might be a toss-up of who's uh, uh, you know called you at all hours. Uh, <laughs> hey, what's up with this? <laughs> well, and I well, ha- I've always, oh, excuse me, I, I, I was just going to say that I, I may be a little different than some organization. We're not huge, you know, but the other organizations might have a public information officer, and we have a good one, Jamie Tatsuno at uh, at RAFTA. Uh, but I've always felt that it, it benefited RAFTA, whether, you know, what was going to be discussed in the article was positive or not, to uh, be accessible. And uh, because uh, you have an opportunity when the, the press is making an inquiry to put your side of the story out there. And uh, I think that has benefited RAFTA over the years, by and large. And uh, I, I'm, you know... I, I always enjoy 
uh, talking to the reporters kind of irrespective of what the topic is. I've noticed that myself. Uh, we've spoken a couple times, Dan, and uh, I've always found it uh, really um, a, a kind of a breath of fresh air as a reporter that you've, uh, as the um, CEO of Raft, are so accessible to reporters. Um, so thank you for that uh, and for making that, setting that precedent. I, I I don't, you know, when I read in the paper that, you know, the the newspaper reached out to somebody, but they weren't, they didn't respond or didn't reply. I don't think that, I don't think that goes over very well. You know? So I've tried to avoid that. Well, that's, uh, that's funny. That's a funny way to put it. We don't like putting that in there. We'd rather put in information. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for avoiding that. <laughs> so, um, you know, you built a life here in the valley, clearly for uh, thirty-five uh, over, th- over the last thirty-five years, um, and you have an even longer record in in transportation. Um, but let's start with what brought you to the valley. What uh, gravitated you here thirty-five plus years ago? Well, um, you know, John was talking about my predecessor, Bruce Abel who went on to be assistant general manager at RTD uh, later in his career, um, he uh, had resigned. He was kind of a resident general manager for the Roaring Fork Transit Agency, the predecessor of the Roaring Fork Transportation Authority. And uh, and at that time, the, the transit agency had a contract with the management firm, and he was the resident manager. So when he resigned, that opened up the opportunity for the uh, transit agency to go out to bid for another management firm and resident general manager. And so I uh, got put on a team that uh, applied to become the management firm for the transit agency. And uh, by some miracle or divine intervention, I got the job. And uh, as I as I mentioned in, in the article, uh, as I was heading into the valley with my U-Haul trailer behind my car, I was just thinking, wow, you know, I'm I'm either going to make it or break it here, uh, because uh, there, there was a, a prior general manager that had only lasted for six months, and so that was my initial goal, was to try to last longer than six months, and then Bruce had been here for four years, and that was my next goal, and then after that, I kind of stopped counting. <laughs> well, you certainly made it past six months, and well well beyond um and uh, did you come here with uh, with family? No, I, I was single. Uh, I didn't okay. get married until I was 52. I was 41 when I arrived in the Valley. And uh, and then a few years after I got married, uh, <clears throat> uh, my wife uh, had a son, uh, and so I had a couple of stepsons. And, and, but a couple of years after we were married, uh, we had uh, our son, who is now... Uh, 20 and going to school over at uh, Colorado Mesa University. His name's Nicholas, and uh, real proud of him. And so, you know, and we have a home. We live in Newcastle, and, uh, you know, I knocked around, moved around a lot of my life, but uh, this region has been a home to me, and the longer that I've lived here, the the more I love it. Uh, you know, it, because I've worked in all the various communities from Aspen now to Rifle, um, you know, it feels like <clears throat> one large community, and I feel at home just about anywhere I go. And, and I'm I'm really happy and and uh, 
proud to um, live in this area. Uh, just uh, uh, it's like a little slice of heaven here, I think, in many respects. Not that there aren't challenges, of course, and difficulties that some people face, but just the beauty of this place is uh, beyond beyond words. You said that you feel at home everywhere, kind of in the valley, um, and I, I think that really speaks to Rafta as well, because it's really brought this, um, the uh, roaring fork in the Colorado River Valley, at least uh, down to Rifle, and I imagine Parachute one of these days, um, in, a, in a lot of ways, and made it to where families who live in different towns are able to get uh, to um, one another, or get to work, of course, uh, from Rifle to Aspen. Uh, so really, I, I feel like Rafta has had no small part in uh, unifying those communities. Yeah, that is, that's our um, vision statement, which is you know connecting the region with transit and trails. And uh, I think that might have been uh, Alice Laird that uh, mm. came up with that uh, vision statement many years ago, but it's so uh, appropriate for the Roaring Fork Transportation Authority. Um, because we do connect all of the communities, uh, you know, from rifle to aspen with transit services, and then we have, you know, a spectacular hiking, biking, recreational trail in the Rio Grande Railroad corridor that extends from uh, Glenwood Springs uh, up to Aspen. Our portion of it, part that we own, goes from Glenwood Springs to Woody Creek, and and that is something that uh, you know appeals to a, a different, uh, you know. Uh, some people that use the trail also use transit, but there are a lot of people who use the trail that don't, you know, don't ride the bus. And so it just uh, gave us a broader uh, group of constituents to support us when we need we need some assistance. And we have a ballot issue that uh, we're asking people to approve. Hmm. Um, for our listeners, uh, you are tuned into Everything Under the Sun, the Soper Sun's weekly radio program. I'm your host, James Steinler, along with uh, journalist John Stroud, who wrote this week's cover story, um, Blankenship Looks Back on More Than Three Decades in Public Transit. And we are on the phone with the uh, Mr. Dan Blankenship, uh, who, again, is going on 35 years. We'll finish with 35 years this year. Um, so thanks again for joining us, Dan. We're about halfway through our show, and so I just wanted to update our listeners if you just tuned in uh, you know it kind of tickled me that uh, you had some involvement with the uh, durango transit system is that right uh, that's right that's where i kind of cut my teeth in the in the <laughs> transit business uh the city uh, back in 1981 wanted to dip its toe in providing public transit and but they didn't want to bring it in-house because they didn't know if it was going to work or not. And so they contracted with a nonprofit organization called Club Esfuerzo, which in Spanish means to make an effort, uh, which was providing service for the elderly and disabled. Wow. And then I worked as the manager and helped design the system there that uh, ran around town, but it also went up to Fort Lewis College. And uh, what made it really successful initially was that the students ended up there voted to uh, – designate a portion of their activity fees uh, hmm. that would enable them with their activity card to ride the bus free. So we had kind of instant ridership because while some students lived up on the Mesa where the campus was, a lot of people or a lot of the students lived downtown, and it was kind of a hike up there to the school, and they liked to use the bus. That's fantastic. Um 
And I also am a former Skyhawk myself, so thank you. Because is that the same uh, bus system that is there today? Sorry. Yes, it is. It's gone through some changes in terms of the routing and so forth. Uh, when uh, when I operated the system, I you know I I drove the bus, I washed the buses, I fixed buses, but I also <laughs> did all the admin work. And um, we had kind of a figure eight route that went around town. Uh, because, as you know, there's a railroad that goes through town, the Rango Silverton Narrow Gauge, and also mm-hmm. the, I think it's the La Plata River that runs through town. And uh, and so there are various points that in the town where there were bridges across the, the river, and, and it just lent itself to a figure-eight route, and we had two buses going in opposite direction. And we would say, you know, uh, one bus we'd call the right fork, and then one was the left fork. Whenever there came to be a fork in the route, uh, one would go to the right, one would go to the left. Uh, but they both would end up on campus, and uh, our service frequency was about every half an hour. And then we also ran up to Purgatory Ski Company and our uh, Purgatory Ski Area right. and out to the airport initially. It's fantastic. I did just get a uh, note uh, from Allie, uh, employee here at KDNK, uh, who and so Greg Poshman, vice chair of RAFTA, just uh, called in and said, "Quote: Dan is the best CEO we've ever worked with. Uh, Dan, day or night, will always respond, even at 3 a.m. He's thorough and dedicated, and we are grateful for him." End quote. Uh, that's great I'm glad he did that because usually with stories like this I I, I like to get that second voice of someone talking about uh, whoever my subject is Mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't get the opportunity to do that with this one uh, but I'm sure I could have called just about anybody, any elected official in the Valley, and probably would have gotten a similar comment about Dan's contributions over yeah. the years. So, Even any journalist, well, for that matter. No, right. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, sometimes in my performance reviews, that's been a criticism that I've been too responsive. You know, like, hey, don't you have a life? And, you know, my, my response is that, well, I'm kind of like the Maytag repairman, you know, just waiting for the phone to ring here. So uh, whenever, uh, whenever... I just have found a lot of times, I spend a lot of time at the computer, so I see emails come in, and and, uh, and I've just found that uh, it's it's easier sometimes to respond in the moment than to, and, you know, if I'm busy and I have a pressing deadline, I, I let those things fall by the wayside until I can get back to them, but... I like to be as responsive as I can be because I know when I'm waiting for answers, I like to get them as soon as I can, you know. Uh, so we have about eight minutes left. This show goes by quite quickly. Um, and we, uh, like I said, uh, check out the front, the cover story this week. Uh, it's a thorough guide up about uh, um, uh, Dan's, Dan Blankenship's uh, role with RAFTA for 35 years and as well as his uh, influence on public policy at the state level uh, for public transit and so much more. Uh, so please check out this story. It it's definitely gives a good sense of what Dan's been up to for the last 35 years. I want to give John an opportunity, though. Are there, is, are there any uh, kind of afterthought questions or anything that you'd like to follow up on in particular? I don't mean to put you on the spot. So. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. Uh, you know, the one thing I would say is for as much as I packed into that story, there was probably equally as much that I left out of it. You know, I sat with Dan for what, probably hour, a little hour, hour and 20 minutes, something like that. 
And, uh, you know, just going back through that, uh, that interview and there was so much, uh, you know, you know, your family detail and, and all of that sort of stuff that I didn't quite sneak into the story, but, uh, just the nitty gritty detail of how, you know, all these intricate parts came together to, uh, you know, create this, uh, uh, transit system that we have now. And, uh, you know, some of the contentiousness around uh, the the tax measures that were floated um, at different times and and all of that and uh, you know the uh, and the structure of the organization when the authority was formed with the two-thirds supermajority and all that sort of stuff that uh, decisions have to be made um, based on that and and those are the things that I didn't even mention in the story but that's all out there too and we talked about that and uh, but uh, if there was a question that I didn't ask that maybe I can ask now is. Uh, what would you like to accomplish yet uh, in these uh, f- final few months uh, that, that you don't feel like you have had the opportunity to do yet? Well, I'm probably not going to be able to get a light rail system implemented between now <laughs> and uh, uh, the end of the year. Uh, you know, the, the community has always wanted the best it could have and afford, and I think that, you know, we have – we have met that that goal with our bus rapid transit system, but um, you know uh, the, the the development of a light rail system has kind of been elusive, and that may happen down the road at uh, in the future when um, you know congestion on Highway 82 gets worse than it is. Although it's hard to imagine <laughs> how much worse it could actually be before you know some other. Uh, you know, a system like a light rail system or autonomous vehicles or something else might operate in the corridor. For now, I think what I'm trying to do is um, wrap things up and uh, pass the baton to the successor and the, the currently the successful candidate that the board uh, is most likely going to enter into a, an employment agreement with is Kurt Ravenschlag, who's been working at Raptive for six years. Um, and he's very familiar with the organization, and he's got a great vision for where he wants to take it in the future. And um, and I just want to make that transition as smooth as I can for him. And uh, there are things like our first last mile mobility grant program that is helping to to uh, fund the operation of the Basalt Connect service. I, we want to try to work, if we can, on a plan to see if we can find some uh, dedicated revenues to sustain that service and improve it into the future and do the same in Carbondale and potentially Glenwood Springs. Uh, the bike share program regionally, working with WeCycle, uh, it uh, implemented the system in Carbondale in 2023, and it's going to continue. It's operating now. It's a year-round service in Carbondale. I want to see that uh, really, uh, you know, thrive. And uh, the plan is to expand that into Glenwood Springs, maybe in 26. Um, and these are things that I just want to make sure are um, uh, are are kind of tied up in in terms of um, making sure that all the loose ends connected to some of these programs that we're working on, um, and so that when I leave. There are people like David Pesnicek, who's the our mobility coordinator, is in a position to really be able to 
uh, take the ball and run with it. Because I think, you know, as, as wonderful as things have been since I've been there, and 35 years is a long time, and uh, you would hope that you would do a few things good in that length of time, um, the future is even brighter for RAFTA, and we've got a great team of really uh, smart and capable people and a great board of directors, Greg Poshman is one. Um, and I'm not just saying that because my performance review is coming up at the next board <laughs> meeting, but uh, <laughs> but I am saying it for that reason as well. Uh, you know, the board has always had a great, you know, they've, they've, they've uh, cast great visions, and they've turned to me and, uh, you know, my team at Raft to, to implement them. And uh, so far we've been successful at doing that, and uh, I've, I'm just honored and grateful for the opportunity I've had to, to serve this community and provide a service that's really needed. You know, there's no question about whether or not it's needed. And then, and it's, and it's heavily utilized and it helps people. And that's kind of my life's mission. Well, that is uh, fantastic. And, um, we do only have a minute left and I think that's a really wonderful way of ending the show. Um, so thank you, Dan. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're glad you made it, uh, like John notes at the end of his article. And thank you for um, helping so many people in this uh, valley um, make it to their final destination day in and day out. Well, thank you so much, James and John. Uh, I've enjoyed our conversation. As have I very much. And thank you, John, for joining us today. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. Dan, you have a wonderful rest of your Thursday, uh, and we look forward to chatting with you next time. All right. Take care, James. Cheers. And John. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.